We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromolo. And just two weeks after Super Bowl 57, the train that is the NFL keeps chugging along at breakneck speed. As this week, the entire NFL universe, and I mean the entire NFL universe, has descended on Indianapolis for the 2023 Scouting Combine, which marks the beginning of the final two-month sprint to the 2023 NFL Draft. And in that spirit... We kick off our 2023 Dash of the Draft series today with our very good friend Jeff Barnes of Nuts and Bolts Sports, who will help give us a general overview of the draft, tell us what to expect from certain prospects at the Combine, and help us do our first mock draft of this cycle. Jeff, you're truly one of the best NFL draft minds out there, and it is an absolute pleasure to have you with us as always. How are you? I'm good, man. It's it's running season, so I got my running shoes on and just keep it up with all the stuff that's flying around, man. Absolutely. Lots of news being reported from the Combine every single day, and that news is only going to get heavier and louder and more frequent in these next couple of weeks as we get set for the start of the 2023 NFL League year and free agency. But now, on to the draft. A month or so ago, ESPN's Mel Kuyper Jr., the godfather of the cottage industry that the NFL draft has become, told reporters on a conference call that, quote, this is not a good draft, unquote. And people I spoke to at the Senior Bowl concurred, noting that there are pretty much only two blue chip talents in this draft in Jalen Carter and Will Anderson and a massive drop off after them. Do you share the sentiment of uh, Kuyper at all? No, because I don't judge a draft class by the top. I go by the entirety of the class, looking at exactly value for picks during this whole seven rounds. Guys you're going to pick up afterwards that just seem to fall out of it. So while Mel may be looking at the top of the board saying, eh, it's not the richest draft class, by far, you're looking at a loaded running back position. You're looking at a pretty nice tight end position. And there's a lot of edge rushers that could still do a lot of damage, as well as cornerbacks. So there's a lot of depth at all these positions. It's just that you're not seeing the top of the board talent that's going to be very heavy, which is fine. You're going to get a lot of value for these picks in this in this seven-round draft. Oh, that is a very good point. This is a very deep draft class, as you said. And that's one of the reasons why that as uh, lacking as this draft class might be in star power at the top, it is uh, far better than that uh, disastrous uh, 2013 class uh, ever was considered uh, at the time, as uh, people have told me. So uh, I definitely respect and understand your opinion there. Yet, as every diehard NFL fan knows, the Chicago Bears hold the keys to the 2023 NFL draft with the number one overall pick. And their plan is to trade out of that pick. And based on the perceived aforementioned drop-off from uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson to the rest of the class, do you think the Bears should only trade back to as far as uh, number four overall with the Colts? Uh, If you're going to have a team that's going to come a little bit deeper, it's going to give me a lot for number one. I have no problem with falling back to eight, nine, or 10. If they're going to give me a huge draft haul that's going to help my team for the next two, three years, I have no problem with that. Um, 
The reason being, once again, you may not have a lot of top-heavy, top-10 talent, but overall, you're still going to get a nice pick at 8, 9, and 10 that's going to come in to help your team, whether it's immediately, whether it's later in the season, or even next year as a full-time starter. You're going to get somebody in that top-10 that's going to help you at least as a part-time player So in his rookie year. So overall, you're going to get a player now plus a bunch of picks if they want to pull you back from 1 to, say, 8, 9, or 10. Yeah, whether the Bears value future draft picks over Jalen Carter, Will Anderson is a mystery that we will know the answer to soon enough. And do you think that the best case scenario for the Bears is to initially trade back one spot with the Texans and then trade back again uh, with the Colts? And that is a scenario that has been uh, widely floated around uh, this week. Yeah, I don't, it, it benefits them either way, right? Um I think this really depends on what the Colts want to do it for. If they really believe that they want to get ahead of Houston and get the quarterback they want, then they'll make that move. If they believe any one of the two quarterbacks that they, they are going to want it for are going to be there, with if they don't make a move, then I see it's probably be Chicago staying in there unless somebody else wants to jump up for one of those two defensive linemen. But overall – it's up to those two teams. If they're going to look at, they have to really evaluate the quarterbacks because that's what their biggest need is. That's what's going to be available to them at that position. Um, if you really like the guys that are going to, one of those guys is going to fall to you if you like more than one of them. So the question is, are you really, really betting on just one of those quarterbacks to be your guy? Or if you have a couple of them you can live with as your uh, franchise quarterback going forward, then you don't have to really jump up to one and give away draft capital. The beautiful thing about being in the top five is with the, with the way it's going, three is not looking for a quarterback right now. Yeah. Three right mm -hmm. now is going to be looking for other help. So I think those guys are comfortable where they are unless they're desperate and they believe that the team at two is going to take what they want, then that's the only way they move up from four to one. Otherwise, they're going to stand pat and let their quarterback fall to them. Uh, it would be very fascinating if the Colts uh, decided to stand pat at four if the uh, uh, Texans uh, moved up. Daniel Jeremiah cautioned against the Colts uh, doing that uh, for what it's worth. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's going to be a very dramatic top of the draft uh, this year. And uh, you kind of answered uh, this question for me a couple seconds ago. Uh, when looking at the uh, 2023 draft class in general, which position groups would you say are the strongest and which would you say are the weakest? Uh, you mentioned uh, the tight end group, the running back group, and the cornerback uh, group as uh, some of the uh, strongest groups there as well as edge. Yeah, so you could also factor in the offensive line. You look at the tackle class, there's a lot of potential there. There's certain guys that could come in and start for you. You have two Ohio State tackles that are really studs. Okay, both of them are big, both of them are athletic, all right? So you have a lot of tackles in this class. Some of you can plug and play right away. Some of these guys, you're going to have to work with them a little. Um, you may start out as a guard. They may start out at right tackle, then shift to left later. So if you have a plan for, for whatever tackle you get, in this draft, I think overall it's going to be a guy that helps your offensive line. You look interior, we know about John Michael Smith. Well, there are other guys on the inside that can help. Um, so that's another thing that you're going to look at, um, especially on the offensive line. Uh, you know, interior linemen uh, like Steve Avila is a guy that you can pick up. You don't have to go early on. Matthew Bergeron is a guy that can play guard. He can play tackle. I think he projects better to guard at the next level. Alex Forsyth from Oregon is a nice uh, offensive lineman that you're going to be able to get. Um, so uh, we talked about Paris Johnson. Broderick Jones, a guy who a lot of people have him at tackle. I think you're going to kick him inside. I think the length is going to be an issue there. 
Uh, obviously, he may get kicked inside if teams like him that way. I think he's either going to be right tackle only or he gets kicked inside. Uh, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame is another guy that you have inside, play center, play guard. You know, So there are plenty of guys in this draft class when you look at them. They are going to be value picks. They may not be, like I said, you're not going to be jumping up a board early to get these guys. But if they fall to you at the right spot, where you need an offensive lineman and the value is there, you take them and you fix your offensive line. Oh, excellent, excellent points there about that offensive line group there, uh, Jeff, uh, given the uh, positional versatility uh, in this class at that uh, position. But what position group would you say is the weakest uh, in this draft class? I would say right now the weakest to me would be more your – uh, inside linebackers because you have a lot of speed players not a lot of huge size players that have the speed and um that you need to stay on the field consistently with everybody playing these sub packages you're getting these smaller linebackers out there it's a lot you know you get second level on them it's a lot easier to run the football but if you have the the bigger guys that can run and they're able to take on those blocks and, and we play with a lighter box. Those are the guys that you're looking for to be your inside back as your main mic backer. You're not seeing a ton of those guys. You're seeing some of the guys with the size, but not the speed, or you're seeing a guy who has the speed, but not the size. So that's one of the weaker positions where you look at and say, we're playing with less linebackers on the field. I need the bigger guy that has a combination of size and speed. I'm not seeing a lot of those guys. So you're either going to take that guy early if you're if the chance to take him, or otherwise you're going to have to start using a combination of linebackers to fill in those roles for you. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, very good points on that linebacker class uh, as well. And out of the combine, a player that is expected to absolutely take the combine by storm, and I mean by storm, is a Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, the uh, lead draft analyst at NFL Network, said on a conference call just a few days ago that some teams have him as the number two quarterback on their board and that there's a good chance that he'll be selected in the top half of the first round. Aside from the athletic traits he possesses and the positional value of quarterback, what makes Anthony Richardson worth such an investment in the uh, top half of the first round? If there's ever an upside pick, it's Anthony Richardson, right? You look at him, he has, he has a bigger quarterback than you think he is when you watch him play. Um, he has the athleticism that you like for the position with the way the game is being played now, a guy that can escape the pocket, escape pressure, but also throw on the move and do a lot of things. However, he's not a finished product throwing the football, um, going through his reads uh, with, with the kind of speed that you need at the next level. He is not at that point yet. Um, he still struggles with full field reads at times. And most importantly, he he's, has true technical flaws that cause some accuracy issues for him. So you have a guy that you're going to have to work with. He's not you're not going to start him day one. You're, he's a guy that you're going to have to come in. You're going to have to work with him. You're going to take your time with him. If you rush him on the field, you have a chance of ruining him because he's going to be a guy that's going to fall back on those bad habits. And it'll be hard to break him. So he's a guy you have to have a plan for. If you take him earlier, I mean, a lot of people say that they have him at number two. Ninety percent of that is probably his athleticism grade more than his actual technical skill. His technical skill, if you're projecting it that high, it's hard to say if he's going to actually get to that point. It's not. It's not a given thing with him. Uh, yes, it's all going to depend on the uh, landing spot with a guy like uh, Anthony Richardson. And now let's uh, play a little game here called Stock Up or Stock Down. 
And in this game, we're going to discuss uh, six prospects that uh, Dane Brugler of The Athletic uh, said to keep your eyes on this week. And uh, your job is to predict whether they'll see their stock rise or fall. And we start with Texas A&M running back Devon Achain. Uh, Devon Achain, this guy was a track star in high school. He was the Texas high school state champion in the 200-meter dash where he ran a 20.46-second 200-meter uh, dash. But the main doubt about him is his size. He is currently listed at just 185 pounds, and whether his frame can uh, carry uh, 195 to 200 pounds uh, remains an open question. Stock up or stock down this week for uh, Devon Chain? Well, this is stock up week for a guy like Chang because he's going to test well, right? Um, none of those questions are going to be answered. You're going to have to go back to the film and really look at that and say, can he handle the workload that you're going to give him at the next level? Can he handle the pounding of a 17-game season? That's going to be stuff that you're going to answer later. That's all in your projection for the player. This weekend is all about his athletic skill. He's going to kill it this weekend. So he's going to go stock up because this, this exactly suits what he's going to be good at. Oh, absolutely. And another guy um, who could see a similar results uh, from the combine is Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott is a guy that uh, Dave Brugler appears to be higher on than most. He currently has him as the 47th overall player on his board, and he has uh, very similar uh, traits to uh, Tyler Lockett when Tyler Lockett was uh, coming out of uh, Kansas State, and it's going to be very fascinating to see how favorably his uh, testing numbers uh, compared to uh Tyler Lockett uh so stock up or stock down this week for Tyler Scott oh man he's he's a tough one I don't know if he goes very high I'll say his stock will go up but I don't think it goes up exponentially I think he's gonna be a guy who's gonna have a pretty a good workout um I think you'll see some things you like about him but another guy you're gonna need to see on the field I, I think you know I think he'll do well at things like the gauntlet I think he'll do well in the route running portions um and a lot of the drills I think the interviews will probably go well for him um, you're not going to see the physicality. You're not going to see him against coverage. So those are the things that you really need him to, to really show you how good he really is. So that's another guy you're going to have to go to the film on. So testing numbers are going to be key for him. If they're just good, I think his stock goes up a little. If he blows it out of the water, his stock is going to go up a lot higher than that. But overall, I think you're not going to get any of the tough questions answered about him this weekend either. Uh, yeah, very good point. The combine definitely does not answer all questions. All it does is help uh, fill in the gaps uh, between the tape and everything else. Uh, and that is uh, something that all fans have to keep in mind throughout the week. And another guy that Dave Brugler says to watch out for uh, this week is North Carolina offensive lineman Blake Freeland. And Blake Freeland, uh, out of all the prospects at this year's combine, he recorded the highest shot put score in high school at 64 feet and six inches and the shot put is something that is very indicative to scouts as to uh, how much power one has uh, in his lower body and uh, Freeland uh, based on that shot put score probably has a lot of it and they'll probably show it on the field this week in testing yeah we're, we're Freeland this week I think you're gonna see a lot of nice things out of him however his biggest questions we saw at the senior bowl how he handles power uh, he's a big tackle He's a guy that doesn't play with a lot of great natural bend, especially in protection. So he has a lot of problem with anchor. So a lot of that stuff, it will not be answered this weekend. Another guy, but um, I think overall he's going to test well. He's going to look, uh, he's going to interview well with the scouts. I think he'll, he'll have a bump in his uh, stock this weekend, but not a huge bump. He's not going to take a, a huge jump because like I said, a lot of those guys were at senior bowl. They sort of struggles. So 
that's another guy that's going to have a lot of things go well for him this weekend, but it's not going to really uh, push him up a whole nother round. And now on to the defensive side of the ball with Ohio State pass rusher Zach Harrison. And Zach Harrison, this guy is a super freak. He's expected to measure in at the just under six foot six, 265 pounds, approximately 35 and three-quarter inch arms, and the largest weak span behind only his Buckeyes teammate, Dewan Jones, who you had just mentioned. And uh, Dave Brugler said that is an estimated 40 time. Uh, the overrunner should be placed at 4.55 seconds, which is uh, a big deal for a man that size. Uh, Zach Harrison ran a 10.78-second uh, 100-meter dash in high school, but the biggest uh, question mark with him, how is he going to test in those uh, crucial short area agility and change of direction drills, uh, most uh, notably the uh, three-cone? Uh, stock up or stock down for Zach Harrison this week? I think his 40 time will put his stock up. I don't think he's going to test special in a change of direction drills, but you watch his film. It's that long frame is what's special about him. He has a lot of those, um, the uh, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlop vibes, that long defensive end, that long range he got that knows how to use those long limbs, um, but he's not special with a burst. He's not special changing direction. So I think that's not going to show up in the three cone. It's not going to show up in the shuttle, but his 40 time may actually show up pretty well for him, which will give him a little boost. The drill work, he probably looked great with those long arms uh, doing the pad work. So I think overall, that's what's going to work for his favor. I think the interviews, I think what I've heard is his character is not, a problem. So I think the interviews are going to go well for him. So he'll get a bump in stock. I think overall, though, it's the kind of uh, team that has a plan for him. If he's going to play in that out to that edge rusher, if he's going to be a guy that's playing in an odd front, they're going to have a different set of rules for him. But I think overall, in an even front, he's a guy that you can move around the front. You could play him outside on early downs, kick him inside as a pass rusher and do a lot of things with him with that long frame. He's a, a excellent, he's one of my favorite pass rushers in this class because of that frame. Like I said, just reminds me of a lot of the guys, the taller, longer defensive ends we've seen in the past. Oh, very good point. If he doesn't test well uh, in the three cone, as you anticipate, uh, kicking him inside could be a very, very good plan for him uh, at the NFL level. And staying on the defensive line, we saw this guy ball out, and I mean ball out in Mobile. Mm -hmm. Northwestern defensive tackle Aretamewa Adabare. This guy is another athletic freak who has the potential to be the biggest winner this week uh, in Indy outside of uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, out of all the participants at this year's combine, he has the second highest high school shot put score uh, at 62 feet, 7.75 inches, which is a Missouri state record, second only to Blake Freeland out of uh, combine participants uh, in a high school uh, shot put score. And according to Bruce Feldman, who uh, we all know uh, writes his annual article of athletic freaks uh, now with The Athletic, uh, he posted special times last year in the short shuttle at 4.05 seconds, the three cone 6.90 seconds, a 10 foot five inch broad jump at a 37 and a half inch vertical. If he comes anywhere remotely close to those numbers, you could see a stock catapult perhaps all the way up to the second round, uh, couldn't you? Yes, yes. Listen, he he's had a great run so far after the season. The Senior Bowl was, was a great week for him. I think he's going to test well. He's, he's, you said the magic word, athlete, right? Well, here is that special athlete for his size. He's a guy who's going to be testing well. Um, 
he has the athleticism to do all of the stuff that you're going to ask him to do with the combine. Um, he's not going to be taking on double teams. So that's going to be one of the things in his favor. Right. Um, so I think overall, you're looking at a guy who, because it's, it's the gym short weekend, the guys that do well in shorts tend to get that bump. He's going to be one of those guys. And last but not least for stock up or stock down combine predictions, you mentioned the linebacker class, uh, one that uh, caught eyes down in mobile because of uh, his twitch is uh, Texas linebacker Damarian Overshone. Stock up or stock out for Overshone from the combine? I think his stock will go up as well because he's going to test well. I think, you know, you're looking at guys who, when the physicality is there is where their struggles are. Well, there's no physicality this weekend. It's all about testing. I think he's going to test well. Um, I think he's going to interview well. I don't think he's going to have too many issues with teams bringing him in and worrying, can he fit into their locker room? I think he's a guy who's going to fit in their locker room. He's a guy who's going to come out there. He's going to give him a great show on the turf. And then he's going to boost his stock. Um, after that, it comes down to the individual workouts when they come around. Hopefully nothing medically comes out about him this week, because that's the other piece of it that we probably won't find out for another three weeks on our end of what went wrong medically. But so far, I think he's another guy. Dane did a great job with most of these guys as far as because these are the athletic guys. Every one of these guys are going to test well. And it's a great these are some very great picks. He is Jeff Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, NFL draft analyst for Nuts and Bolts Sports. Follow him on Twitter at JeffBarnes29. And Jeff, before we go, let's do our first mock draft of the 2023 draft cycle. You do the uh, odd number picks. I do the even number picks and trades are allowed. So the Chicago Bears are on the clock here. Uh, do you trade this pick and with whom? All right. So we get offers here. Uh, yes, let's see what the Colts offer. Let's ask for four, 35, and assuming it's a bidding war for the number one overall pick, their second rounder in uh, 2024. Uh, and let's see if they will accept the trade. And they have accepted the trade. So the Colts are on the clock. And uh, who, which quarterback do the Colts take? All right, so if I'm the Colts, um, I'm going to go by my value, and I'm taking C.J. Stroud. To me, if you're going to have a guy that's going to eventually start for you his rookie season, I think he's the guy. I think young, you, you could start him, but you're going to risk getting hurt and beat up. So I'm going to take C.J. Stroud. He's a guy I can protect with my running game. We don't have to stud at running back. I'm going to throw a, a bunch of receivers around him. i got tight ends that could play. I've got a pretty decent line when they want to play well. So as long as we have the opposite direction around him, I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud. Very good choice there. C.J. Stroud, number one overall to the Colts in a trade-up with the Bears. And now with the Houston Texans, I'm also taking my quarterback of the future here in Bryce Young. Bryce Young, he might be uh, undersized, uh, slightly less than 200 pounds, and uh, slightly under or just at 5'11". But if you look at the recent success of uh, Russell Wilson before uh, 2022, uh, Bryce Young, his skill set is more akin to that of Drew Brees than of Russell Wilson. That will suit him well. It gives him an opportunity to have an even more longer uh, successful run than uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray for that matter, because I personally think once Kyler Murray's legs go, uh, he, he, his uh, uh, game is going to fall off drastically because of his inability to see the field. But Bryce Young doesn't have that inability. He sees the field like Drew Brees does, and that's why uh, I personally have him as the top quarterback in this class. Uh, he is the number two overall pick in this box draft to the Houston Texans Arizona Cardinals now on the clock they have their pick of the litter between Jalen Carter and Will Anderson 
and I'm going to go Will Anderson. Um, this this defense hasn't been the same since they let uh, their pass rusher go. You're going to lose J.J. Watt. Um, so I'm going to add my to my pass rush. I'm going to take the best pass rusher in this class, Will Anderson. While it, it would be great to take Jalen Carter, he's more the interior player. I want to br- immediately add to my pass rush. I can add interior players later on. And now the Chicago Bears on the clock at four. And what is the most important position in the Matt Eberflus defense? The three technique. And they get one of the best prospects at that position in modern memory in Jalen Carter with the fourth overall pick in this mock draft. No brainer here. Seattle Seahawks on the clock in the uh, pick they got from the Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, lots of good options here. Uh, Tyree Wilson, an athletic edge from uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, if you want to uh, add more corners, uh, he is a stud corner out of Illinois. Uh, you could uh, take your chance with Anthony Richardson, especially if you side Geno Smith. That would give uh, Richardson a great place to uh, learn and grow on the bench. Indeed. Well, they need help big time at wide receiver. You have two good guys, but you need a third. Well, Quentin Johnson adds to that. Uh, you have Metcalf. You still have Lockett. Lockett has some injury issues. So I'm going to continue to load the pot for whoever my quarterback's going to be. If it's Geno Smith again, if I'm going to eventually bring in a young guy. Um, right now, do I trust Will Levis here? I do not. I know Mel Kuyper likes him a lot more than I do. But to me, I'm going to go with Quentin Johnston here. Oh, very interesting selection there. Quentin Johnston going at number five overall to the Seahawks. The Detroit Lions are now on the clock. The Lions, uh, Tyree Wilson looks intriguing here as a potential complement to uh, Aiden Hutchinson. But I am very intrigued by Devin Witherspoon's fit in that defense. Devin Witherspoon, this guy just screams that he's a Dan Campbell player. He just plays physical. He plays pissed off. He is that junkyard doll that you do not want to mess with. He is a kneecap biter. I'm going to make Devin Witherspoon my pick here at six overall to the Lions. Raiders now on the clock. When I'm looking at the top of this board right now, I like some of the guys. I'm not in love with them. So I'm going to look at my trades here. Maybe there's some, maybe something that makes me want to move back about four or five picks and gives me something what I really want here. Oh, so. let's let's see the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans might need a long-term solution to Ryan Tannehill. Maybe they could uh, trade up four spots to jump the Panthers and Falcons for the quarterback. Yeah, so I'm going to look at the Tennessee Titans. They have 11. So if I take 11 from them, I take 41 from them, and I take 149. That should get that deal done for pick seven. All right. And the trade has been accepted. The uh, Tennessee Titans now on the clock at seven. Who do they pick? All right, Anthony so. Richardson or Will Levis as a potential uh, replacement for Ryan Tannehill. I have one athletic quarterback. I, I You can't have enough of them right now. That's the wave of the future. Um, so Will Levis, a lot of people like him. I have Anthony Richardson graded higher. Um, the only other thing that I can see them taking right here is if they go defense and want to come back for quarterback, if they still believe that there's something there later. But if Anthony Richardson's there now and they don't believe he's there later, take him now. Yeah, Anthony Richardson in a trade up with the Raiders goes to the Tennessee Titans at seven overall. The Atlanta Falcons are now on the clock at eight. 
the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they need a lot more help up front. Yes, uh, they drafted uh, Arnold Ebicadia, D'Angelo Malone last year, but they didn't get enough production out of both of them. And you could never have enough edge rushers. Tyree Wilson is one of the uh, most freakish athletic prospects in this draft at a position where you always bet on traits. And I think he's a no-brainer pick for the Falcons uh, right here. Uh, Tyree Wilson to the Falcons. Panthers now on the clock at nine. All right. So the Panthers, we know about their situation right now. Well, we haven't had any free agency, so we don't know if they're going to go crazy after one. Um, there was no answer to the position. So they have no choice right now. They can't wait until later. So Will Levis it is here. Uh, yeah, uh, drafting Will Levis after signing a veteran in free agency, I think that would be a very uh, prudent move there if you're the uh, Carolina Panthers, especially if you're unable to trade up for a C.J. Stroud, who they reportedly love. And now the Philadelphia Eagles on the clock in the uh, pick they got from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Eagles, uh, they're going to say uh, goodbye uh, to some uh, guys uh, on the interior offensive line and interior defensive line. And looking at the options I have on the board right here, I really like Peter Skaronsky for them out of Northwestern. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, you want continuity on that offensive line in the long run, and you're about to lose Isaac Siomalo to free agency. This guy, uh, he has uh, five position versatility, meaning he can play any position on that offensive line. He is a player that uh, I believe the Eagles are going to absolutely love. Uh, if Jason Kelsey retires, put Cam Jurgens at center and put Peter Skaronsky next to him uh, to form an interior offensive line trio of uh, Landon Dickerson, Cam Jurgens, and Peter Skaronsky. So Peter Skaronsky, he might be drafted to play guard, but he's more than worth the trouble here at Ted, given his versatility, isn't he? Absolutely. Um one of the better line, yes, yes. So Raiders on the clock here. Um, they show a need of quarterback, O line, DB. There are plenty of those needs in Oakland, well, Vegas. Um, <laughs> and at the top of the board, you have Branch, you have Gonzalez. I'm not sold on Gonzalez this high. Um, Branch, I do like. I don't think he's a game changer that we've seen at some of the safeties that we've seen out of Bama. He's not the Mike, the Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Van Ness will be a great add on the edge, but whoever is going to be playing quarterback for me needs protection, right? Leatherwood didn't work out. All right. We, we, we have some solid tackles, not great. And I'm seeing Paris Johnson sitting right there. So I'm going to take Paris Johnson to bolster my offensive line right now. Yeah. I could easily see that happening. If the Raiders uh, stay at uh, seven or move down to 11, uh, Paris Johnson would make a ton of sense for that. And now the Texans are on the clock with their second first round pick. This one as part of the uh, Deshaun uh, Watson trade. Uh, this guy has been uh, mocked uh, to the uh, Texans. He would be a great friend uh, for Bryce Young in both the uh, short and intermediate game as well as the uh, law game as well. This guy's got uh, speed. Uh, he's got uh, elusive uh, short area quickness. Jordan Addison, the pick at 12 overall. They added that wide receiver room for the Houston Texans. New York Jets on the clock. Uh, they could trade this pick if uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, wants out of Green Bay and wants to play another year. But for now, they're on the clock. Absolutely. Well, you got Sauce Gardner, right? Um, you got a lot of help in that secondary. But what you could really use Right, you don't you don't see a quarterback that you could take at this position. Um, tackle, 
I don't know why they really have them. They were tackle. I think they're actually fine at tackle. So I wouldn't go crazy with tackle here. And there's nothing but uh, as far as linebacker. So I'm going to go value for the pick. We could still add another piece to that secondary and get better. So this is where I put Brian Branch to the Jets. Oh, Brian Branch, a versatile defensive back out of uh, Alabama. He would uh, make uh, a strength that is the Jets secondary even stronger. That would be a very good pick for uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. And now the Patriots are on the clock. They could use uh, a lot of help on offense. A lot of people uh, say wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, but I don't see the value here. And it's more likely than not that Isaiah Wynn is uh, going to walk at free agency. And I think they replace Isaiah Wynn with another Georgia offensive lineman that had uh, versatile trades. Can he play outside? Can he play inside? This guy can do both if needed in a pinch. Broderick Jones, the 14th overall pick to the New England Patriots to fortify the protection for Mac Jones, which is equally as important, if not more important, than getting Mac Jones more wide receiver help. So Packers now on the clock at 15. All right. So the low-hanging fruit would be any one of these defensive players at the top of my board. However, what do we knock them for last year? is wide receiver, and right there is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. So it's a no-brainer. Let's add the, let's add the receiver, boost that receiver room even more. You got Watson last year. You got um, Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs. So that adds even more pop to that wide receiver room. Yeah, it would be a benefit for either Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, who the Packers believe is ready to assume a starting role if need be. And now the Washington Commanders are on the clock. They need help at corner. Christian Gonzalez, a lot of people love uh, Christian Gonzalez, but I like Joey Porter Jr. better, not just because he has the uh, bloodlines. Uh, he uh, is a, a very good uh, press man kind of quarter. He is that quarter that you absolutely need to shut down the elite receivers uh, in that division. And uh, I understand why some people might like Christian Gonzalez better. I'm not a scout, but I personally would go with Joey Porter here instead. So Joey Porter at 16 to the Commanders. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are now on the clock. Problem is uh, all the tackles are gone. The tackles are gone. However, there's still plenty of guys that can help this defense out. They need help on defense. Not a lot of linebackers at the top of that group, but there's a couple of corners up there, right? There's right. also, uh, also uh, it, it doesn't list it as a need, but who did they trade away? Chase Claypool, right? Because they need receiver help. Yeah. So we have plenty of help here. If we want to boost our pass rush, there's plenty of pass rushers here. We could boost interior line help, or we can add corners, which we desperately need. So I'm going to go at the top of the board. It's a Gonzalez right there. Christian Gonzalez is going to help that defense out right now. I don't have a linebacker that fits right now. I don't have a tackle that fits at the top of that board. I'm not going to reach for anybody. Um, and this is, a, this is a point where you don't have to trade, take the value that's there. Gonzalez is all, fits a need. He's a value pick at this point in the draft. Take him. Yeah, even if they do sign Cam Sutton or re-sign Cam Sutton, uh, you could never have enough corners in this league. And nope. uh, Mike Tomlin is obviously one of those uh, coaches that knows how to make lemonade out of whatever he trots out on that field at any position. So uh, Chris Gonzalez, the Steelers, would be a very good landing spot for him. No, an excellent landing spot for him. Co uh, correction. Excellent. And uh, now the Lions on the clock with their own uh, first round pick at 18 overall. Lucas Van Ness. Uh, now this kid uh, out of Iowa 
Uh, he is a Dan Campbell kind of player, too. He's a tough, uh, he's physical. He didn't play a full-time role for the Hawkeyes last year, but boy, did he produce. And he could be an ideal complement uh, uh, to uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think Lucas Van Ness has the length that Aiden Hutchinson uh, lacks. So I think this is a perfect compliment uh, at pass rusher. Uh, Lucas Van Ness to the Lions at 18. Bucks on the clock at 19. There's no quarterback that I'm going to reach for right now. Uh, there's no tight end that I'm going to reach for right now. Though if I was a little bit later, I'd go for some of those guys. However, um, I do see a guy on my board that comes in and helps my defense right away. We know about pass rush. Uh, you just took the best edge rusher that was still on the board. Um, but however, right underneath them is a guy that's going to help me on the interior. I could do so many things with him. Brian Breezy from Clemson fits right in. And uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name and I cover the team. Uh, Todd Bowles' is defense. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Brian Breesey, one of the more uh, inspiring stories of this draft, had a lot of personal adversity uh, these past couple years uh, with his own health and uh, with the uh, tragic passing of his sister due to a brain tumor. So, uh, Brian Breesey, hope uh, he uh, finds success at the NFL level. Easy guy to root for. And the Seahawks now on the clock again with the 20th overall pick. We gave them a wide receiver uh, because uh, Tyler Lockett's getting a little long of the tooth, and uh, it definitely uh, makes sense. But uh, this guy makes a lot of sense. The Seahawks need a lot of help up front, and Miles Murphy is another guy that's going to test very, very well at the combine. And if he's here for them at 20, no-brainer pick if they don't take Tyree Wilson at five overall. Miles Murphy to the Seahawks at 20 in this mock. Chargers now on the clock at 21. Well, we need cornerback help, right? Right. Uh, we, can, we can go with the slot receiver there. But I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm, I'm not worried about my pass rush right now. I, I do like receivers. Um, I do like the receivers they have there. Keenan Allen is getting a little uh, older, but I need more help at cornerback than I do at receiver. And Deontay Banks is going to help me right now. So I'm going to take Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Yeah, although uh, Keaton Allen, it looks like he could be a cat casualty, and uh, maybe they could look at wide receiver, but uh, knowing uh, Brad Staley and Tom Telesco, they'll take the absolute best guy on their board regardless of position. And the Ravens now on the clock. Uh, I don't necessarily see the value at wide receiver here, uh, and uh, given the uncertainty about Lamar Jackson's future, I personally think they're going to end up trading him, uh, given how acrimonious that relationship is right now. Uh, but uh, th they could use help at other positions. Let's see, uh, edge uh, and uh, cornerback. Uh, Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Uh, this uh, guy is getting a lot of love at this part of the first round uh, as well. Uh, uh, if you're a good player for Kirby Smart, you're probably going to be a very good player for John Harbaugh as well. Nolan Smith, 22 to the Ravens. Vikings. Vikings on the clock need help on the defensive line. Kalija Yancey's been falling. Not for the worst the reasons, not for the best either, but is a great value for them at this pick at 23. Kalija Yancey is going to help that defense. Uh, yes, uh, Kalija Yancey, uh, 
He uh, might not be the biggest uh, defensive tackle, but boy, can he rush the passer. And uh, having a defensive tackle that can uh, rush the passer uh, is paramount in today's NFL. And uh, if you don't believe that, just look at the amount of money Draymond Jones is going to make when he hits the open market in a couple of weeks. Now the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Uh, you don't need wide receiver help. Uh, you're probably going to get Calvin Ridley back from suspension. You're probably going to re-sign uh, Evan Ingram. I don't need a, a running back here. Uh, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. I think he's good value here. Doug Farrar really, really loves him. Uh, and uh, if you want to take a chance on a tackle like him, this is the part of the uh, first round uh, to do it. Uh, they're probably going to lose Jawad Taylor uh, in free agency, and uh, they are going to probably keep Cam Robinson left tackle, and uh, you get uh, Jawad Taylor's replacement at right tackle with Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. New York Giants now on the clock at 25. Well, here's a team that could use a bunch of offensive help, right? So yeah. I'm looking at it. I could take a slot receiver, which they need, and, and Zay Flowers and get Sterling Shepard back. He could fill that role for you. So you, you don't have to force the Flowers pick here. Andre Carter, that would help, but you've got enough pass rush for right now. Now, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, two guys that help you right away. However, if I'm going to have my pick, I'm going Michael Mayer. I think, I think the quarterback position hurt his production this year, kind of hurt his stock a little bit. To me, he's the better of the two. I'm taking Michael Mayer to the Giants. Oh, Michael Mayer, that's a very good pick. And uh, Brian Dayball and Joe Shade, they're going to love his blocking ability as well to uh, provide that sixth offensive lineman for Daniel Jones or whoever their long-term solution uh, at quarterback is. And now the Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 26, your favorite team. Uh, <laughs> they need another weapon for Dak Prescott. That's all there is to it. Uh, Zay Flowers, uh, I like Zay Flowers, but he's a little undersized for my taste at this uh, point in the draft. And Dalton Schultz, uh, he's going to hit the open market and he's probably going to get a big contract elsewhere. And uh, I think you could potentially upgrade from Dalton Schultz this season by drafting Dalton Kincaid at the 26th overall pick. So Dalton Kincaid to the Cowboys at 26 in this mock draft. Buffalo Bills now on the clock. Bijan Robinson is still on the board, and the Bills could use a special running back to take the load off of Josh Allen if they don't like any of the offensive line options here. Absolutely. And just scroll down. Let's look at those offensive line options options right now. Osiris at, Torrance. Oh, I love yeah, him. Yeah. Osiris Torrance is, is a good option. You need interior help on the offensive line. You know, you look at Edge, BJ Ojolari's there. Uh, Steve Avila. Yeah. So there, there's, there's plenty of guys here that, that could help us. Dewan Jones would be great, but we I think we're good at tackle as the guards. But let's scroll back up to the top. How can we ignore a special player that can help my quarterback right now in B. John Robinson? I know there's a lot of undertow saying you never take a running back in the first round. You're in the back end of the first round. There are no first round grades left at this point. These are all second round grades. So B. John Robinson fits right here. You get the fifth year option. If you're not sure you want to pay him after four, take him right now. Oh, Bijan Robinson, uh, he would be a tremendous value here for the Buffalo Bills at 27 overall should he last this far. And now the Cincinnati Bagels are on the pick at 28. Uh, you need secondary help uh, because you're probably going to lose uh, Jesse Bates uh, in free agency and uh, one of those other corners might be a cap uh, casualty. Uh, let's see what other, oh, Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, but there is one player I like better uh, that th most of them. Osiris Torrance. 
uh, let's see who they have on the interior right now. You got uh, Alex Kappa, uh, who you uh, sorely missed. Uh, you got uh, Ted Karras uh, at center and Cordell Volson. So you don't necessarily need Osiris Torrance, but there is something to be said about having a surplus at one position and being able to trade one of those guys later. That's going to be my line of the year because I think Osiris Torrance is too good in both run blocking and pass protection to ignore here. You need a guy on your offensive line that can do both. Osiris Torrance can do both. He'd be too good of a pick here for Cincinnati at 28. New Orleans Saints on the clock at 29 with the pick they got in the Sean Payton trade. Absolutely. So I look at it, they can use a bunch of things, right? They can use a quarterback right here. Tanner McKee, too rich for my blood right now. I'm not really sold on him at quarterback at this point in the draft. I'm looking at the position here. It's a big drop off, right? We're not seeing any quarterbacks in range. So I'm not going to waste my pick on a quarterback right now. I'm going to go with a skill player on either offense or defense. It's going to help me out. Now at the top of the board, you're going down a ways before you get to a cornerback. But we keep going back to the top of the board there. And what do we see is a wide receiver that can help us in the slot. Okay, we have a lot of issues at wide receiver. We got Chris Olave, who came on strong last year. We got Michael Thomas, who's an all-pro when he's healthy. He has been healthy in two or three years. And he might be a cap casualty. Yeah, absolutely. So I need more help. And he's not going to be the, the single answer but he could be part of a group of answers in this draft class. So I'm going to take my, this is where Zay Flowers is going to come off the board now because he's going to add to my receiving core. Oh yeah. Very good pick there for the Saints with Zay Flowers and the Eagles are on the clock again with the 30th overall pick. We gave them help on the offensive line at 10 overall with Peter Skaronsky. And now they, uh, probably uh, need more help on the defensive line because they're going to probably say goodbye to both Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave uh, in free agency. And I'm going to go with Maisie Smith here out of Michigan. He's the highest uh, ranked uh, defensive lineman uh, on the board, interior defensive lineman that is. And uh, I've heard that he is like as strong as an ox. He is like that uh, Howie Roseman interior defender uh, that the Eagles are probably going to have high on their board at this juncture of the draft. So Maisie Smith, from Michigan to the Eagles with the 30th overall pick. Super Bowl champs on the clock at 31 to close out this mock. And if I'm going to go with anybody at this point to Kansas City, there's no wide receiver blowing it up for me. But there's a guy right there that's going to help my pass rush. And there's two. Uh, one's a little more developed than the other. Andre Carter is the bigger, faster athlete. But Will McDonald's the more polished pass rusher. I'm going to go with Will McDonald at this point. Let's improve that pass rush because Leo Chanel and those guys are good, but this guy's going to be better. Uh, Leo Chanel is more of an uh, off-ball linebacker, I believe, that you yeah. saw him as. And uh, Will yeah. McDonald would absolutely make a lot of sense for them, especially if they are unable to re-sign uh, Frank Clark. And he is Jeff Barnes, ladies and gentlemen, NFL draft analyst for uh, Nuts and Bolts Sports. Follow him on Twitter at JeffBarnes29. Jeff, thank you so much. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back next week as my main man, Hal Bent, joins us for a free agency preview. And our Dash to the Draft series will resume shortly thereafter. So stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrop 59 and on Instagram and now TikTok at Sports Crunch with Decrom. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. For Jeff Barnes, this is David Cromwell saying so long and please choose love. Please choose compassion. Please choose selflessness. Please choose empathy, all of which are the core characteristics of the best teammates and teams. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.